Right, what's up guys welcome to this episode of the g team podcast the g team is a group of young people dedicated to providing people with the knowledge to make the most of their life sharing practical ways to maximize productivity and offering support to those who need it to create a more fulfilled life my name is peter and i'm olu and we're your hosts for this podcast thanks for tuning in and i hope you enjoy listening Welcome back to the G Team Podcast. Today we have Rob, somebody who I've been quite motivated by. I haven't spoken to him for a while, actually. It's been, uh, when was the last time we spoke? Quite a long time, right? It's a while back. It's yeah, probably a few months. <laughs> but yeah, I met this guy back when I was in second year uni. So a long, long time ago. And he's got a lot of experiences, does a lot of different things. And um, yeah, I'm sure we're going to talk about a lot of good things today. So, yeah, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, so my name's Rob, and I am a second-year industrial design and technology student at Loughborough University. And, yeah, I, I do a lot of stuff. Um, mainly public speaking is my kind of side thing, but I'm very entrepreneurial, focusing upon social entrepreneurship. And, yeah, very much wanting to lead a career into the future that is um, – very diverse, shall we say, doing a lot of different things, mainly creative things, uh, all at the same time. But ultimately, wanting to make people's lives happier and better for the future. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah, and then, well, before we get into the the main topics, like, so you're talking about public speaking. Is how how's it been this year? Because you haven't been able to like do it in front of a physical crowd, right? Yeah, it's it, public speaking has been so annoying. Uh, <laughs> it's it's been one of those things of where so much of the reasoning of why I like performing and doing public speaking and stuff like that is because you want that vibe from the crowd and you want to be able to connect with people individually. Um, and because I haven't been able to do that and I'm just having to connect with a camera in front of me, I won't lie. There are so many times where you finish a video or you finish a recording, you go, wow, I just didn't really feel that connection. And so sometimes you have to just, I don't know why I imagine as if there is actually someone there, like there's my mum sat behind the camera or something like that. And then as soon as I do that, that's where it feels that I'm engaging a bit more. Um, but yeah, public speaking has been tough this year, so I cannot wait to get back in person. And I don't care even if it's for free at points. Like <laughs> I just want to be able to get back in front of people. I miss it so much, man. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, what the last time I've done it was, was well back with an actress, wasn't it? And that was well, well before the pandemic and pretty much, I think it was our presentation at um, nationals, nationals, well, regionals, wasn't it? And that was, well, I'm guessing, was that your like sort of introduction to public speaking or in general, or did you do a lot more of it beforehand? I, I, I did a bit um, back in school, but yeah. it's always been more down the acting route that then led me towards public speaking. But yeah, that was like the last major presentation um, I've done in front of a live audience. Uh, so far, all the other things have been recorded, which is, it's cool. And you see yeah. the final thing, it's pretty cool. But yeah, still need those people. <laughs> but yeah, in time, hopefully things are getting uh, better as they seem. But yeah, speaking of the pandemic and uh all things like that. A lot of people have been through challenging times and as is the topic today. So dealing with adversity, like I'm sure just with everyone's lives, like unfortunately adversity is just pretty much inevitable. And so we're always talking about how we can overcome it. And like, especially for you, I'd say you've been through some pretty, pretty, pretty challenging experiences compared to 
tier the, the average person i'd say certainly certainly compared to me um but yeah so like for yourself yeah i guess knowing that adversity is is, is normal you know and, and it will come how do you as yourself like how do you mentally prepare for it how do you mentally prepare for certain challenges that will come wherever like whether it be in your work personal life or whatever yeah it's 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 crazy with, with, with the pandemic in context with this it's i won't lie it's one of those things where it's been an absolute roller coaster because i won't it's from my previous experiences um with, with what peter is hinting at, i've been through um having testicular cancer and having to go through all the treatment of that and the kind of mental battle that goes with that. And from that, I've been able to build kind of resilience that makes me feel as though, you know what, I can get through anything and all that. But then as the pandemic came along, I, I felt like that at the start. And then as you went along, I then started to realize quite a lot of things about myself, but also about others and that this image sometimes that we see of this ultimate tough man or like someone like David Goggins. If, you, mm-hmm. if you've ever watched David Goggins, he's known as like the toughest man in the world. But when you listen to some of the talks that he does that are very personal and emotional, you realize at the end of the day, he's just like the rest of us. And you you can be so resilient and you can have so much grit, but at the end of the day, you're still human. And that's something I learned massively within the pandemic. But <laughs> Yeah, in preparation to events and stuff like that. And as soon as I saw this kind of pandemic looming and coming over, I was like, right, I know what I need to do in some cases, which is very much it's just focusing upon um, me, but also focusing upon others within my support group and looking after people. Because I think a lot of it oddly comes down to, well, the one thing that made sense that, that it comes down for me is mindset. And so where my mindset was at, and it was very difficult hearing a lot of people, especially towards the start of the pandemic, who were in a negative mindset when I was very much trying to push myself to be in a positive mindset. And it was also where I put my energy. So if I put my energy focusing into myself, that was really good because it made me feel better. But then I saw others around me crumbling a little bit. And so it was balancing the energy to make sure that I'm focusing on my friends and family, but also I'm focusing on myself. And of course, that balance is sometimes near impossible to get right. And so you have those moments where you feel uh, terrible and and you focus a bit too much on others and then you have the opposite, of course. But yeah, it's it's very much the pandemic has been a perfect example of how to get through adversity and how to get through hardship and how to do it well by the fact that you can't do it alone at the end of the day. Um, to try and take something on like that by yourself is insane. Yeah, you're definitely right. I mean, I guess for myself, uh, for the pandemic as well, it was obviously very mentally testing. And it, well, it showed me how much I do rely on people. I always knew, so as as an extrovert person who just likes working with a lot of people, you know, I feed off of people's energies, but like, I didn't think it would affect me that much when I was obviously away from so many people and just being stuck in my room all day. But so yeah, so you talk about obviously having to um, work with people or needing them to, to help you get through things. So whether this was through the pandemic or I guess other times where you've been by yourself, what sort of practices did you use or sort of things that you told yourself that got you through these tough times? Yeah, so with reaching out to others and stuff like that, um, 
I recently spoke about this on the Instagram live I did with some people where we were talking about men's mental health and kind of along those topics. And it's, it's very much of the, usually when you get in those situations of hardship, you feel so alone, even though there's loads of people around you. So mm-hmm. when I've been through my darkest days, that's where it's been that you've got your family supporting you. I had a girlfriend at the time supporting me. I have friends as well that are always there messaging, ready to listen. And purely because I didn't know what I was doing, didn't reach out or anything like that, you get stuck in the bottom of this. I like to, the way I see stuff like depression and anxiety, it's a bit like a spiral effect of that you go down and down and down. And I was very much at the bottom of the pit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where you get a bit stuck. And so ultimately, whenever it's something like this pandemic that we've been through, or I see that it's times of where I'm struggling, that's where sometimes I realize I have to take a step back and work out how I can engage with other people and be more active about it. Mm-hmm. Because another thing off the back of that is social media. And social media can be really toxic and horrible and, <laughs> and, not, and not a pleasant experience at all. We won't delve into that too much, but yeah. And so that means for me personally, I hate the idea of going, right, I'm going to message all my friends via Instagram or Snapchat or something like that, because then I'll just get back in the toxic spiral of that. So I always try and find something different. So as soon as restrictions started to lift, or even when restrictions were down, had Zoom calls with my friends. I did all-nighters with some of my friends just because you have that conversation. uh, And even though you're stressing about coursework, it's still talking. And then as restrictions lift, just trying to use the best of your opportunities and even with your flatmates being stuck in a, a student house um luckily we went home for when it was a main lockdown but even when coming back here and in, in Loughborough with some restrictions it's a lot of it I learned was that I need that you have to make sure that when you're going through a hardship of that you do whatever um, becomes an opportunity, if that makes sense, in that mm-hmm. if my flatmates want to go and play football, instead of me saying, no, I'm going to be stuck glued to my desk for 12 hours or whatever, it's allowing for that opportunity to go play football with them or to go on a walk or whatever, because it just changes it up and it changes your mind up as well, that then makes you feel healthier, even though if you were to look at it in a very negative context, you've just gone, oh, I've wasted three hours of not working, And so, yeah, massively, it's just finding out how you can engage with people that are around you. And in a pandemic, I know we've got annoyed by like Zoom calls and stuff like that, but sometimes it is just to have a Zoom call or just to speak to someone through a glass window. I don't know, just anything that you can engage with others around you. Exactly. And this this definitely helped me as well. Like I I didn't think it would. It's obviously not the same as being in person, but I'm still feeding off of people's energies. I'm still able to learn new things by talking to people, doing calls like this, for example, that that helps me, you know. Um, And yeah, like, again, like you think about potentially wasting time by, by not doing work, but if you continue to do that and you don't see people, especially during this time, then that's, that's how to, like a mental toll on myself and I'm sure a lot of other people as well. It, it can kind of tie into, you know, potentially like that toxic hustle culture, but that's, that's a different story. You know, we always want to work hard and whatnot, but you know, we need some rest too. And, you know, sleep is important and whatnot. So you got to take some time to do with that. Um, and yeah, but overall, I guess 
and with all your experiences as well and what you've learned with dealing with adversity, would you say that your upbringing had anything to do with that at all? See, so this this is where I think it's um, with the person that I am today, it is so ironic in terms of <laughs> my past previous experiences because before I had cancer and everything like that, I won't lie, life was pretty easy. Um, like I, I, I'm someone that's come from a family that where my mom was always the breadwinner and she was doing decently well, and which meant that I could go to private school. And despite the fact that I have dyspraxia as a form of learning disability, that isn't much of a problem when you're at a private school and you can have one-to-one sessions and, and they can help you and stuff. And so it didn't really impact my grades as much as they thought it would. Um, and so, yeah, in all honesty, it was a lot of, the way I see it is, is that there was very much in my life at the moment, I know I'm only 20, so hopefully there's a lot to go. But in terms of splitting it up, it's very much that there was a lot of hardship when I was born. And then there's this great, huge, long gap I've had going through school of where everything has just gone right. And so nothing has been that much of a hardship. And then I had cancer and that fully just made me do like a big... Um, I don't know what I'd even call it, kind of new look on life and a new look on how I am as a human being and interacting with others and taking life's experiences and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's crazy. And I have to say that I think mainly the cancer is what has um, made me the person I am today. But there is those little things of even as a baby, I know that me personally, I can't remember any of that. But talking to my mom, talking to my dad and to my family and hearing the stuff that I had to go through, it, it makes me sit and be so grateful and make me realize that at the end of the day, maybe, yeah, as a baby, I didn't have a clue what was going on. But maybe there was something that was internalized that was like an internal grit or something that was just, I don't know how you would call it, but out of this world that is powering me on to survive, to to now go on and go forth and do what I want to do um, as a kid, really, who should have died (laughs) Um, with how crazy it got. And yeah, well, I guess, yeah, well, coming on to and to talk about your experiences, well, what with cancer, like that's something that I personally could never imagine going through, you know, and uh, I'm sure a lot of other people will relate in that sense to what I'm saying. But so with that period of time, So how did you, how did your mindset completely flip? I guess that's what you talked about, right? And and again, like, what was the main things that you'd say kept you going? Mm. I would say in terms of mindset, the way I like to think about it, and so for some people, they may not sympathize with this, but I really see this quite visually. When I did, so I did a lot of climbing around about that time. And climbing is a very risky sport and there's a lot that can go wrong. And so before I had cancer, I had very much the attitude of I did not give a fuck. So I would do anything that I thought was going to get me that adrenaline hit and that is crazy and just a bit mad. And it's because I'm getting that life experience, man, and you've got to go do it. Um, And then I had cancer and then it made me sit in this mindset of understanding my life in terms of all the things that were more important, but Mm. also in terms of where I oddly see it in my head quite visually as a timeline. So then when I went back to climbing, 
I still took those risks. I still uh, had those moments, but I lived in those moments more, if that makes sense. I lived those memories more, which makes me remember those times I've been climbing with people and which makes me remember all those great moments I've had instead of just going crazy and just doing something mad for the sake of it. It was, it's more about living my life than being risky for the sake of being risky. And so a lot of my cancer experience just taught me to live more in the moment, but also to be very much grateful for what is around me because it's crazy how quickly something like that can just um, flip your world upside down and switch a lot of your necessities and, and a lot of the things that you think are normal uh, off and take them away from you. And, and so it's now very much going forward that every hard experience that I go through or when other people are going through that hard experience, it's not always that, yeah, I can relate with you because sometimes people will go through stuff that's a lot harder than what I went through. It's just very much of it's a process, it's time, and you've got to take life every step, every day. And you've just got to be very much living in the present moment. There's that Latin saying of carpe diem, yeah. uh, seize the day. And I think that's something when I was a kid that I just didn't always understand. And as soon as I went through my kind of cancer um, experience, it made me go, wow, I really need to make sure that I am seizing the day and that I don't put a day entirely to just one thing. Mm. I put my, my day to that I want to live in that moment because when I'm old and 80 in my rocking chair, I'll be able to look back and go, wow, I, I truly lived my life. Yeah, this is something very easy to forget. You know, like the things you do every day, I suppose, especially when you get into a process of, oh, you know, I have to do this, I have to do that. And then, especially like you said, forgetting about the things that, you know, you have so much to be grateful for, or most people do, you know, especially with things that happen in other countries or, you know, like like you, you know, people having cancer and having to deal with that. Um, and yeah, gratitude in itself is something that definitely keeps me going. I'm sure it keeps you going as well and it keeps you grounded as well. And yeah, living in the moment for sure. I suppose even with someone I've learned like during this time, even with quote unquote mundane tasks, sometimes I do think, you know, is there something that you can enjoy about this? <laughs> even if you just do it every day but you know you look into the moment and yeah it's nice especially when i'm outside as well you know getting outside more it's it's been completely different to say before the pandemic and i'm sure that was you as well right um dealing with this but yeah so with i suppose living in the moment and taking time you, you say that you used to do a lot of risky things just for the sake of doing it for a risk right but now you live in the moment um so what does that mean to you? Like, do you just take things slower? Do you just take some time to think to yourself or meditate? Like, what exactly do you mean by living in the moment? I think a lot of it comes down to realizing actually how yeah. precious my life is. Yeah. And I think that's something that I just never truly understood. It's, it's like, I don't know what the saying is, but it's very much... It's, it's something along the lines of like laughing uh, at death in the face because mm. you've, you've, you've been cruising along and everything's fine and then it hits the fan and, and you, 
you just hit this moment of where you're going, wow, I am close to uh, losing all this that I have around me. And so then it brings me back and go, wow, I, I really am lucky to be on this planet, to have these people around me, to have these things or to experience these experiences. And so, so much of it just comes back to understanding how precious my life is and how the, that then brings in gratefulness and that then brings in perspective. And, and, and overall, like th this is something that I want to talk about more in the future um, with my public speaking and stuff like that. It is very much that probably the biggest life lesson I learned from going through that was all to do with perspective. Yeah. Um, because I still remember to this day, nearly word for word, um, having a counseling session uh, with someone at the university. And I remember it was very much that I was trying to get across to them that I'd already seen some people and they weren't giving me answers and I wanted answers. I wanted to know what the hell do I do in this crazy situation? My, my head is hurting, my chest is tight, I feel shit every day, I don't want to get out of bed. H how do I change this? And it was so simple, but the word perspective... And then me walking back to my accommodation, walking along the street, pro people probably thought I was mad. I was just talking to myself out loud. And, and I was just thinking, that's it. I, I, like, I don't know what it was. It was a eureka moment of that. It was something so simple that I'd cracked it, of that if I change my mindset and I change my perspective, mm. then I would truly understand how precious my life is, how much I am in actually a fortunate situation despite everything else that has gone wrong and how I can change my life around to go forward to have a better and happier well-being. And it was just all about self-talk and how I viewed myself and how I viewed life. And it changed everything, man. And I feel like in the hardship and in those tough moments, it's probably one of the hardest things to do to change your mindset. But when you reach that point that you can, it changes everything and it changes everything going forward. And that's why now I have those moments of where, it, to be honest, this is brilliant because this is making me think about all the great things that I, I thought about out of my experience. And I don't usually think about it enough. But it's very much, it's just coming back to that perspective and back to what I, what is so great in life, why I'm so grateful, and that I know that that can get me through anything. Even if it was to the point of that I haven't got a house, I haven't got food, I haven't got money, it's to the point of where you're very much close to dying. I know that perspective and that mindset could get you through anything. And I think it is applicable to other people, even if you've not been through something tough. It's just, it's very much how you can manipulate your head to view something differently. And is that sort of the advice that you would give to people during these tough times? Because I guess a lot of people, they get overwhelmed, you know, at times and they don't know exactly what to do. And for you, I guess perspective was a, was a massive thing as well. And so I guess to the people who are going through these tough times and they don't know where to go, what to do, what would be sort of the first call of advice that you would give to them? I, I would say probably the biggest mistake that I did make um, was that it wasn't reaching out enough. And mm -hmm. so 100%, the first thing to do is to reach out because when you hit your lowest of your low, yeah. um, and I've even spoken to people, uh, which is, is really strange when you speak from an outside perspective to someone that is feeling suicidal. 
that you you start having this self-talk of yourself and these thoughts and that are really negative and that it's very much that you've got yourself in this bubble of the life is shit, no one likes me, no one loves me, and that you're just stuck. And the only way I see to break that bubble and to change your thoughts is for someone to come along and help you. But the likelihood of that happening because of the way we live in this society of that a lot of how you are is deemed by how you are on social media and how's your online presence and stuff like that, that it's so unlikely that someone is going to come and burst the bubble for you. And so the hard thing to do, and probably one of the hardest things, I would personally say in terms of a mental battle uh, or when you're in that moment, is that you have to reach out, even if it is a little conversation, even if it is a little walk with someone else. It's like, I still remember getting messages from my friends when I was going through having had my operation and chemotherapy was coming up and they were asking, Rob, what do we do? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to make you better. I don't know how to uh, deal with this. Like this, we've never dealt with this. And I just simply told them, I need you to listen. Because if you listen and you help me to take on the burden, then I know this will get easier. Because once the burden is taken off you a little bit, you start to think clearer. And that's where my mindset started to change. And that's where perspective came in because I wasn't in my bubble anymore. I had others around me supporting me that allowed me to think clearly. And then you get out of that spiral and you start to go upwards, onwards and upwards. And it's crazy. I'm so visual, but I genuinely visualize my life like a graph and how that I'd hit that low. And I literally hit that point of going, it the, the the only way is up like the, the only way this is going is it's going to get better and everything that i was involved with in i kid you not i remember doing a podcast with g i think it was about february or something like that and i genuinely think that's the happiest i've ever been in my life yeah. because everything just was such a joy because i'd been in such shit mm. and so having those moments you just everything came together and i was in the middle of coursework i should have been stressing the hell out but i was just so happy because everything was going in my perspective right and so it's 100 percent of reaching out and getting out of that pit that you're stuck in in the bottom of the spiral and then once you're there that's where you can start to change your mindset visualize your future and see you as happy you in the future and experience everything in an entirely different way which oh my gosh it, it brings a smile to my face <laughs> that's that's just how how powerful perspective can be you know and especially when you talk about reaching out to people at times yeah like you said all they have to do is listen because it gets you you know outside of your head and then from there like you said change your perspective because ultimately as tough as things are it's like it's not a responsibility of other people to make you feel better you know, as much as, as much as you may want or feel like it, but yeah, it's, 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 well, it's kind of weird, but I guess like you haven't gone through all of this, gave you this perspective, didn't it? And, um, I guess without these dark times, you don't get to appreciate the good times as much. Right. Um, I, I guess they're even more sweeter when you know, like what you've been through, haven't you? Um, and yeah, like even with 
other things as well. Like, have you found, say, that your productivity has been affected by your experiences? I would say it certainly changed me in terms of how I looked at productivity. So I, it's always been something of the, I remember GCSEs, I thought I worked hard and then you get to A levels and you go, ah, I didn't work that hard. And then it goes up and up and up. And then I went to uni and in first year, having had my A level summer, how I saw it at the time ruined because of cancer and everything. And then turning up to freshers week and you're meant to be going out every single night. And I'm just there fast asleep no energy because of the chemo I'd had. Um, it was very much that at that point in first year, I won't lie, productivity was an all-time low um, because I just didn't have the energy. Um, and so it was very much going forward from first year and then me seeing myself scrape and get a 2-1, I thought, hmm, okay, it's good, but I know that I can do so much better and I have so much more potential. And so I used that summer of where I was – healthier and in a much better mindset to then see how I could be more productive. And that's where Anactus came along as being the president of Anactus Loughborough and, and having to deal with that and running prep mate, like it was my own business. Yeah. It, it was brilliant. And it just entirely changed me because I hit a point of where it was like, wake up, go for a five kilometer run, come back, have a shower, have breakfast, hit the day, get a couple of hours done, have lunch, a couple of hours in the afternoon, and then evening, go for a walk with the dog, have chill time with the family. And it, it was when you imagine that perfect routine in your head, that's what it started to hit. And I won't lie, went to uni and start a second year, that changed a little bit because it kind of hits you like a big wave of uh, coursework and you're like, oh, okay, got to do this now. But yeah, entirely changed my productivity and it made me realize that I knew where my like focus zone was. Mm. There are so many sports where they talk about that you perform your best when you're in this focus zone. And I started to realize where that was. And I won't lie, a lot of the time, I know when I'm in my focus zone because my phone is on my bed because I've thrown it behind me and any kind of anything that I could interact with is all pushed to the sides. And it's very much, it's just me, my laptop or me and my sketching pad and I know that I'm very much focused on my work. And it's as long as I keep that healthy, then I know that I can be productive and I know that I can live a really fulfilling life without the need of feeling like that I'm not doing enough work or that I'm going to burn out. Um, because trust, but burning out is not fun um, because it's, it's one of those things that you just don't realize that it's coming. It's a hardship that you can't see that it's coming. And it's very much that, you feel as though you're being productive and you feel as though that you're being like Elon Musk and you're getting so much done and, and until it then hits you like a brick wall and you just burn out of energy and everything. And so it's very much, it's finding that middle ground that is so healthy. And that's what I'm so passionate about now is being able to live my life the way I want to live my life, experience things in the best way possible, but at the same time, still achieve what I want to achieve and what I view as success um, going forward. Yeah, that's that's a really, really good. Um, the fact that you've been able to find that balance, I think that's something I, I still try to find as well in terms of like, am I doing enough? Am I doing too much as well? Because yeah, a lot of people, as you say, they do burn out and it, this is a horrible thing to go through. And you know, for you, what sort of... Um, practices whether it was your walks was it was it your exercise was it certain sports that you did that helps you not burn out 
Yeah, I, I would fully say that the times that where I knew that it was going bad um, in terms of me possibly burning out and doing too much is when the exercise goes out the window. Mm. Or if you literally hit those moments where you spent all day inside <laughs> and you get to the end of the day and I go, wow, I didn't go outside at all today. That's where I start to go, right, something's up. And so I have to be able to fit in, even if it's like 10 minutes, 20 minutes, uh, of a run in the morning or something like that, or in the afternoon or evening, I have to be able to have that moment to go outside and um, to do something. Because there was something I was reading recently on LinkedIn, which was really interesting about a lot of the reasoning why so many people love to wake up early and be like these 4am hustlers and stuff like that is because once they go outside and they get sunlight, your melatonin levels go up which makes you feel as though you've got more energy. You may not have more energy, but it makes you feel as though you've got more energy. And so it, it just kind of hits you in a way that makes you feel as though you're going to be more productive. And I've also found that, for one, I don't need to wake up at 4 a.m. Like 7 a.m. is good enough. But if you're able to get work done in the morning, it actually makes your day feel as though it's split into two. While so many times at uni, if I start to lose my time management, you feel as though you lose the whole morning and then you have a go at yourself because you've only got the afternoon and then you've got way late into the evening and potentially even into next morning. And so it's being able to find that balance. And I think a lot of the time that balance is if I'm going outside, if I'm doing some kind of fitness and I'm fitting it into my daily routine, something must be going right yeah that's really good as well because um, i i look at like these, these these entrepreneurship 101 routines right now as you said like people waking up at 4 a.m like I, i've never tried it as well as I, I was thinking i might just to see if it does give anything good to me but i haven't tried doing uh i've, I've done i started doing cold showers um and that's that, that that has helped me as well like after definitely morning exercise it's a great thing. So like, yeah, going for a run outside, at least, yeah, I didn't know it was about the melatonin, but that's really interesting to see. But cold showers as well, I think that's, uh, it's more of a, of, a, of a mental thing where it's like, you wake up every day and then you start your day doing something that you kind of don't want to do, I guess, mm. but then you do it anyways. Um, so that's helped me. And then yeah, it's really interesting to see like what you've done. And in terms of being able to fit in so much because, well, I talk to so many people from design and you guys do a lot of work. So <laughs> the fact that you're still able to find that time is, is really impressive. And yeah, and this uh, overall, this has been a really, really insightful conversation. Every single time I talk to you, even though I haven't talked to you for a long time, but every single time I talk, it seems like, you know, I learn new things about you and I learn a lot of cool things, you know, a lot of new perspectives. Um, but yeah, I guess before we wrap up, if you were sort of to leave people with one last message in terms of adversity or even just general life advice, what would you say? I know it's a very, very broad question. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one. That, um, in terms of a final message in relation, probably mainly towards adversity, it's very much that whatever you define adversity as, because something that's probably been quite big in this podcast, it's a bit like, Oh, Rob went through cancer. Oh, that's adversity. Mm. But adversity can be whatever you want to define it as and can be whatever the hardship is that you have gone through, that that is your hardship. And that I think the key thing with that, no matter how small it is or however you perceive it, take that experience and use it to push forward, to be positive off the back of it. 
because if you dwell in the sadness and you dwell in the darkness of it, then nothing comes from it, no learnings come from it. Whilst if you take that experience that you had and then use it as a way to go, you know what, I'm quite resilient because I got through this, or I know that when I'm in this situation, I'm going to get out of it. That's where you build resilience. That's where you build grit. And that's where you build a mindset where you can be even tougher than David Goggins. And so it's taking those experiences, those hardships you've had, and just see what you can pull from them. Pull something from the darkness that can bring you light in the future. Wow. That's a really, really powerful message. Yeah. But yeah, as you see, really, really powerful story. I'm sure a lot of you can draw some inspiration from that. I know that I definitely haven't. Yeah, I guess... Um, the last thing to say is like where where can people find you? Uh, what, what do you do? You can plug anything you want as as we do with all the guests. So. Yeah, yeah. I I would say probably the best place to go is to my LinkedIn, uh, mainly because I don't use Snapchat or Instagram uh, or Facebook even much at all. I try and stay off there. Um, and definitely please check out my Rob Talks uh, YouTube channel. Literally just type in Rob Talks Authenticity Talk. That usually comes up to the top. Um, but yeah, that's hopefully where I'm going to expand a bit more, do a lot more public speaking and hopefully create some videos that really impact people and how you can improve your mental health, improve your mental well-being and live a fulfilled life all from the experiences and people I've met and spoke to. Wonderful, wonderful. And yeah, all of those will be listed down in the description when you're viewing this. And uh, yeah, I hope you really enjoyed this episode and hope you found some cool things to take out of this. And yeah, hope you have a good day, guys. Peace. Thanks for listening to the GTM podcast. You can catch more episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and more, where we try to build our lives one step at a time.